3: How would you rate that offseason for the Dallas Stars? So I I deliberately try to temper
2: my expectations, especially at this time of year, because we all feel good about hockey season and where our teams that we cover lie. So I think a B plus to A minus grade is is a fair grade for what Jim Mill and, and the Dallas Stars did.
3: This is the Rod Peterson Show. Allegedly. Thank you, Rick Reagan. Welcome to the RP Show on a Thursday, right? We're coming at you live on Game Plus Television. Thanks for hanging in there, everybody, through this day for us to finally get on the air with episode number 1081. We're also on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE. Shout out, Dirty Birds. Got my Falcon shirt on here today. Obviously, podcast and YouTube live. Uh, I'm in South Florida. Darren Moose DuPont joins us from Toronto. He joins us here today. I'm just going to line up the guests today, TSN's David William Naylor, TSN's David William Naylor will be with us. One of their many fine football analysts will be with us. He does a CFL, NFL, college, you name it. And in hour two, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and the Bar Down Beauties podcast. And one of the biggest Minnesota Vikings fans I know as the Vikings are in action tonight on Thursday Night Football. Those are the guests. And I got a lot to say, Moose. So I'll just say welcome to the show that you're the president of. And uh, how are things today in the big smoke?
4: What's up? Things are good. Sun's shining. Life is good. Man, this week has really flown by. Like, it feels like it was just yesterday. Yep. And I guess that's part of it that you play football on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday in the NFL. But it just feels like it was yesterday they were playing the Giants or the, uh, the Monday nighter uh, with Aaron Rodgers. And now all of a sudden, football tonight. So here we are. Week. Yeah.
3: I often think about the non-football fans that are probably going, again? Anyways, can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Uh, <laughs> we we'll Just so he's not sitting there waiting with the itchy trigger finger. I do have a couple things to say that because it's the Rod Peterson show, it's not Sports Center. So I'll just say this before we get to the actual sports. You know this, but the viewers and listeners don't. I went to my chiropractor this morning. He thinks he's funny. He's pretty funny. He's not as funny as he thinks that he is. But I'm feeling really good, uh, Moose. His name's Andy, and uh, he cracked me a lot he's like you got a big mess up here he's got the jewish new york accent even though he's been here since 1980 and i i don't maybe i did tell you this he cracked me you know that pop and i went gee and he goes if you get to swear at me swear at me jfc (laughs) mf he's swearing at me he's like make it worth it uh i'm like okay and then, uh, and then my Jeep is not as serious as I thought it was going to be. So false alarm. I stopped Woo. by my, my uh, mechanic, Mike, and he's <laughs> here's the thing. He goes, here's the fuel pump I'm getting you. He's another guy with a northeastern accent. And I said, what about the gas tank you said that you're replacing? He goes, I'm not replacing the gas tank. What are you talking about? I said, in your text, you said you needed to do fuel, fuel line, gas tank, fuel pump. He's like, oh, no, I use the talk to text. It very rarely says what I'm actually trying to say. I should proofread that. I'm like, oh, what ended up being a repair bill into the thousands, it's going to be like maybe 100 or so bucks. So I'm actually quite happy today with that. Yes, and I know everybody can breathe a lot easier. There is, there is a text message came in here from Dougal Cameron. Oh, he... I can't find it now. He basically said if you drove from Calgary to Florida on Canadian gas and then put in US gas, that might be the problem. I didn't do that. I leave the Jeep here in Florida. So that's it. Hey Jordan, are you still listening? Can you hit the quick six show horn and let's go? Bah, 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 bah. He's still there, there. Yay! He's still listening. I love it. Any texts as we go along are brought to you by EMJ Marketing. You can text us here in the studio, 902 518 They'll come right to me. EMJ Marketing will provide the correct and perfect keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com. We'll start with the Blue Jays. I'll give you my take on that. This is from the Wire Services. Toronto Blue Jays fans aren't happy. And they let the team know it after the Jays fell 10-0 to the Texas Rangers on Wednesday. Outfielder George Springer says he and his teammates understand fans' frustrations, but he denied suggestions that the team wasn't trying its best. They've lost the first three of a four-game series, a critical series, which will probably decide their playoff fate. It closes today. They've already lost the series. As far as the game goes, Jordan Montgomery and two relievers combined in a five-hitter last night. Nathaniel Lowe and Mitch Garver each hit three-run homers. And Texas moved a game and a half ahead of the slumping Jays in the American League wildcard race. Before I move on, because if the Jays miss the playoffs, I won't lose a second sleep. You're in Toronto. What's the buzz there, Moose? What are you hearing?
4: He Around that baseball team, it's very depressing and very sad. They had their lowest attendance, feels like, of the year. It might have been of the year last night. They were booing the team. Um, it's uninspiring, and it's not good. And, and what was good was pitching. Until now, you say Kikuchi was not good last night, and that's rare because he's had himself a pretty good season. Um, I don't know. We talked about earlier in the year if there was going to be a managerial change with this team mid-season when they were slumping. And then later, um, I don't know how John Schneider will, if he'll survive this, if they don't make the playoffs and do something miraculous here down the stretch. Somewhere, Charlie Montoyo
3: laughs. And uh, guess what, George Springer? They love you, win or tie. You don't want to be booed, win. There's your free advice for the day. Didn't take long. Point two, Aaron Rodgers' season is over. It appears he might not be ready, though, to call it a career. The New York Jets quarterback wrote on Instagram Wednesday night that I shall rise yet again. That came after Coach Robert Sala said he'd be shocked if Rodgers ends his playing career this way. Rodgers' debut as a Jets player ended four plays when he tore his Achilles tendon. I said we were going to get more into this yesterday, and then we didn't. We spent more time on Babs and biz, which is fine, but to, what drama, what theater, and if you have an ounce of empathy in you, empathy's a different thing than sympathy. Sympathy's feeling sorry for somebody. Empathy's putting yourself in their shoes. And I felt that way for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, but not for long, but I mean, just, he'll be 40 by the time this heel, this Achilles tendon heals. It's terrible for him. I, and I shouldn't speak for him. I would have thought, This will be it. Why would he go through all the rehab again just to come out on the field and try it again next year? Says he's going to, though, Darren? Do you believe him?
4: I believe him, uh, and I admire it, um, because when your career ends, I feel like you want it to be on your terms. You don't want an injury to derail you. Sometimes you can't control that, but if you do control, if you have any opportunity to control it, which he does if he rehabs and can get back to playing – then I think you want to go out on your own terms. He, he, he desperately wanted to see what life was like outside of Green Bay after 18 years. He's in New York and the Big Apple and the lights. I think he, he wants to see it through, and I respect that. And, and uh, good on Aaron, and I hope it goes well.
3: I respect the heck out of it, too. <phone rings> Ryan O'Radio checking in from WQEE in Atlanta. WQEE, as they say down there. I was watching your show this morning. Ryan, you were killing it. He's the man around here. So thanks for checking in. And as always, thanks for carrying this fine show on your finer radio station. I'm so proud to be on the radio in Atlanta. Um, Just checking in from the audience. Ryan in Toronto says, great poll question today. We'll get to that. From Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg. He says, it makes me happy when the Blue Jays lose. How anyone outside Toronto can cheer for that Roger's own monstrosity. Is beyond me. Hey, it's a free country. It's a free world. You do you, you do me. I cheer for the Blue Jays when they win. (laughs) How about that? When they lose, I think about other things. Point three, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles will host Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in their home opener Thursday night. That's tonight. The Eagles are favored by six at Bet Regal. Our exclusive betting partner and the official sports book of the RP show, the defending NFC champions, the Eagles. We're rusty and lucky to pull off a 25 20 win last week at New England. The Vikings picked up where they left off with a 2017 upset loss at home to Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A quick mini deal or no deal. Moose, the Eagles are favored by six tonight at Bet Regal. You taking the bet or nah?
4: Uh, No bet for me. I'm going to think the Vikings will keep it close. I'm taking the deal. Fly,
3: Eagles, fly. Can't wait. Amazon Prime's got it tonight. I'll be watching. Point four from the Chicago Tribune. The Blackhawks kicked off prospect camp Wednesday at Fifth Third Arena with one notable absence, Kanabarad. The number one pick from this summer's draft was busy completing his NHL player media tour in Las Vegas, during which he rubbed elbows with childhood idol Sidney Crosby. But Badad is expected to join Hawks teammates today at their practice as they prepare for two games at the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase in St. Paul, Minnesota this weekend. Oh, I meant to talk about the, the um, Kyle Brandt podcast uh, comments, and I will. I was on a podcast last night, the Offside Hockey Podcast, Jamie and Dylan out there in the Maritimes of Canada, and they asked me, what's my expectation for Kana Badad? I get asked it almost daily because you know we're tight. So I thought that would make a great poll question today. Um, and you looked it up Teamwork makes the dream work. Moose contacted Bette Regal, the official sports book of the RP show, for what the over under is on Connor Bedard's rookie season. And he found from the lovely and talented Erica that it's 69.5 points is the over under at Bette Regal. Our daily poll questions brought to you by Key Auto Group. With the Key Auto Group, most vehicles receive a lifetime engine warranty guaranteed. Go to keyautogroup.ca slash the key advantage for eligibility and maintenance requirements. The Key Auto Group here to take care of you. So the over-under is set at 69.5 at Bet Regal. Our poll question is, are you taking the over or the under? And I'm taking the over. I've said 82 points. I've said that since he was still in the dub. Why would I change it now? Uh, he's been very healthy. Touch wood, he has not been injured in junior play. I think he'll play a full season. And thus, let's say, a point a game. That's what I'm saying. I'm just checking what the results are on Twitter right now. Uh, where is it? I tweeted it. Here it is. 69% on Twitter saying uh, under. They're taking the under. Moose, over or under on Barad's point total.
4: I'm going to take the over. Um, And I would have taken the over no matter what the point total was um, because you've got a bunch of people saying, oh, the NHL is going to catch up to Connor. He's not going to be able to just be as dominant. It's going to be a big adjustment. He's playing against men and they're always waiting. It's like putting your chip on 15 on the roulette table and just riding 15 until it eventually hits 15. You know, they're just going to keep counting him out. One thing I've learned is you never count out Connor Bedard. And nobody's ever set the bar too high. He's passed every expectation at every single point along the way. So I'm taking the over, and I would take the over no matter what the number was.
3: Interesting you say that in great analysis, and uh, you bring up uh, some good points there. I think you're referring to haters, and they go by other names like critics, naysayers, losers. Uh, For instance, those that had naysayers about Bill Belichick having only one quarterback on his 53-man roster coming out of training camp. Everybody's saying he's lost his mind. He's only won six Super Bowls in 300 games in the regular season, but I guess he's still got to prove himself. You know what I mean? Just like us, we've accomplished a lot of great things with this show, and I have personally in my career, but people still count us out and say we can't do it. And for the longest time, that pissed me off. Now I'm like, yeah. Actually, I was, had a session with an advisor the other day. And I said, why can't it just go easy? And he goes, Rod, you wouldn't like it if it went easy. You always like the challenge. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but it's a pain in the ass. It's never been easy. But you know what? That makes it real worthwhile. So, by the way, our hockey coverage is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. Head to the Tap Room Thursday through Saturday. That's today through Saturday, 12 to 8 p.m. in Calgary, 28th Street Northeast. They have a bar right in the brewery with big screens on, showing this show every day. Well, Thursday to Saturday. Check out Common Crown Brewing at commoncrown.ca tell all the CFL fans, but the next segment we're going to spend probably the entire time on CFL, so just hang on because I got a couple hockey notes. We said in our thumbnail that you produced, thank you for that, on YouTube and social media that we're going to do a prospect primer. All these rookie tournaments are on and Serena and I are going to Estero, Florida, which is right beside Fort Myers, Florida, for the Predators, Hurricanes, Lightning, and Panthers tournament. So we'll be at one. It's called the NHL Southeast Showcase. Oilers, Canucks, Jets, Flames doing their thing in Penticton, right? These little tourneys are all over the place. And, folks, you can write in with whatever you want about who you're going to be watching at these tourneys if you're going or following in terms of media coverage. But just pump the brakes, and I want to tell you something. You know, yesterday I said Jaden Durow. I'm excited to watch him. He's been on this show. He's from White City, Saskatchewan. Out of the blue... I could read you verbatim the text that I got from his grandpa yesterday, Darren, Greg DeRoe. He texted me. He goes, Rod, I don't know what made me do it, but I'm just texting you to see how you're okay. I just sat down on my lazy boy. What's going on? How are you doing? And I said, it's not coincidence, Greg. <laughs> I'm going to watch your grandson, Jaden, this weekend in a sterile Florida. And he's like, well, I hope he plays. because he, he hasn't been able to skate. He's got swelling on his ankle. I think he's had a mild injury. And I'm like, well, he just was on the Lightning's roster that was published, sent out by the team this week. Do you see? Do you see where I'm going here, Darren? So you can't, you don't, don't get too geeked up for these rookie tournaments. Uh, we'll we'll have full analysis of ours coming out of it, and the Leafs are doing theirs in Traverse City. But are you like really horny about it or not?
4: No, I'm really not. I mean, it's cool. Um, I, I definitely will be paying attention a little bit, but um, I mean. It's 50-50. I want to see how the rookies do. I want to see who, who, uh, who shines and who gets the invites to camp and, and all the rest. But am I that dialed in? Not quite yet. It's going to take some time.
3: Nor should you necessarily be. But I get that the hardcores really are. Uh, and that's cool. But if you have thoughts, everybody, write them uh, to us. Who you'll be watching. What interests you about the rookie tourney. And we'll be back with CFL. Deal or no deal on the way. Dave Naylor and Jesse Pierce were live on the game plus television network on the radio in Atlanta. WQEE also podcast and YouTube live. Collectors, register for the premier sports card convention where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items. Taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at premiersportscardcon.ca. Please do not adjust your sets. Yes, the host is wearing a king's crown and robe. As we welcome in our co-host, Darren Moose DuPont, who is not. We need to get you wearing some Bet Regal guard, Moose. Can we make that happen? I know you have some. Yeah, we can. I know you have some, right?
4: I got a great hoodie, um, and we're getting into hoodie season, so I'll be wearing it a lot more soon. Gotcha. Okay, do not let me
3: get out of this segment without talking about Kyle Brandt at NFL Network crapping all over the podcast industry and podcasters in general. That's my read on it. Don't let me get out of this segment without talking about it because I know we both have thoughts. Okay, here we go. CFL deal or no deal for our exclusive betting partner and official sportsbook of the RP show, Bet Regal, where I give the point spreads for the CFL games of the week. Darren decides whether he's going to take the bet or not, and then I pony in with my thoughts. So, week 15 opens. The Toronto Argonauts at Montreal. Argos can clinch first with a win. They're favored by seven in Montreal. Deal or no deal?
4: Deal for me. I think they'll get it wrapped up this weekend.
3: I just can't. I can't take the deal. I'm just too big of a fan of Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss. Sorry. Friday night, Canada's game of the week as far as I'm concerned. Edmonton at Sask. Riders favored by three in a real critical game. Deal or no deal?
4: (sighs) That's a hard one for me. I'm going to take the deal because it's the Riders at home where I think they'll play better. So I'll take the deal.
3: They're very good. I'll take the deal too. Saturday doubleheader, Winnipeg at Hamilton. The Blue Bombers favored by six and a half at the site of the Grey Cup. Deal or no
4: deal? It's in Hamilton, so I'll take the, the uh, Ticats to cover. We um, were talking about this last night. They need to find a way to start instilling some confidence in that fan base that they have a shot to get to that Grey Cup at home.
3: I'll take Winnipeg. To cover. And Ottawa, BC closing the week Saturday afternoon. Lions favored by nine and a half against the worst team in the CFL. Deal or no deal.
4: I'm taking this deal because I think this, not that you need a slump buster if you're BC, but this is going to be a statement game from the Lions to show that they're back in the conversation with Winnipeg and Toronto.
3: Real chance to nail down a home playoff game as the opening or the final third of the season kicks off. I'll take BC two cover the spread deal or no deal is for our exclusive betting partner bet regal download the app start betting this weekend okay um a couple things before i get to the kyle brand thing um what was i gonna say one thing you never hear about college football which interestingly enough uh, there are two games tonight in week what is it three of the college football season here in miami the hurricanes are home to bethune cookman tonight i Briefly thought about going, but my club's meeting tonight, and I'm like, eh, that sounds like more fun. So I'm going to go meet the gang. Lots of time to go watch the Hurricanes. And Navy is at Memphis tonight as well. So I'll just say that. But you never hear about travel in the NFL or college football, but you hear it a lot in the Canadian Football League. Is that because Canada is a much larger geographical country? If you look at a map? Or is it just an excuse? What do you think?
4: It's a good question because it is, you know, a big deal when you switch time zones, especially when you're going all the way across the country. Um, And and it happens, you know, quite often in the Canadian Football League. But when it comes to college, like I'm looking at, you know, these West Coast teams in the Pac-12 or whatever, and and I'm watching USC and Stanford last weekend. And you watch Washington and you watch Oregon and these teams, and it's late at night out here, um, you know, 7, 8 o'clock on the West Coast. And you think nothing of it. But with all the movement that's going to happen in college football, with all those teams leaving the Pac-12, but I think two or three, now we're going to see all this travel. Nobody's talking about it. USC is going to enter the Big Ten. So they're going to be playing Texas and these teams, like they're going to be playing uh, against teams in the Eastern time zone routinely. And I wonder if you're going to hear the conversation, because so far we haven't even talked about time zone and travel being an issue and a factor in the decision for them to switch conferences
3: yeah so i just i don't know if the odds makers betting experts take into account travel i just don't hear that as a thing for the road teams ever never have in america yet we hear it all the time in the cfl uh john in edmonton Writes in and says that, Rob, the 2023 NLL entry draft is set for Saturday at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. I saw that. I'll just say this. The NLL Hall of Fame induction goes Friday night, National Lacrosse League, and then the draft goes Saturday. So I'm putting that out there for our lacrosse friends because you and I are both big fans of the league. Carlos in Indianapolis says travel will be a bigger factor for sports that play more than once a week. Fair. Stephen in North Dakota says Moose needs a court jester outfit. Approved. (laughs) Approved. And yeah, thank you. (laughs) And I'll say this, I, because I don't know where else we're gonna fit it in. Dave Naylor, coming up, TSN football insider, and Jesse Pierce, Minnesota Wild writer for NHL.com, in hour two. Kyle Brandt, if you watch NFL Network at all, you'll know who Kyle Brandt is. He hosts the uh, Good good Morning Football, and I'm a big fan of his. Used to be on a soap opera. I'm not sure which one, but good-looking guy, very talented guy. And he, in about a minute, maybe two-minute-long rant on Twitter, just ripped the hell out of podcasters, saying he's done with going on them. And you kind of got to go search the clip. I don't even You sent it to me, but he just said, Like, I get it. We've all thought it. But he just said, you know, they book it a month in advance, and then you forget when you scheduled scheduled to to be on, and then it's a pain to get your headphones working, and the lighting's bad, and they ask you questions they already know, and they keep you for an hour. Then they ask you to share it. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. And I was like, whoa. Number one, we've all thought it. I can't believe that you said it. Uh, Number two, why don't you just say no, bro? Because you just crapped all over all the podcasters. You made all the hosts feel like junk that have ever had you on. And I don't think you really felt bad for doing it. You know, Um, on the flip side, podcasters that are listening to that, listen to it. Because sometimes you got to read the room. I had a young podcaster who's, I think he is a broadcaster. And I certainly reporter mainstream radio. But he said, I had Conor Bedard on my show for an hour and he got annoyed. I'm like, well, of course. Would you ask him 1,700 questions? He only uses three-word answers. Read the room. You get Connor Bedard. Do you keep him for an hour? What's wrong with you? Uh, come on. Be respectful of people's time. I always say 45 minutes. No longer. But, again, Hal old is just speaking his truth. Good for him. But he made a whole lot of people feel like junk. <laughs> That's my take.
4: You? Yeah. And he kind of, you know, I, I, I didn't quite get as much of uh you know a bad vibe from it not that I'm saying you did but um it was kind of funny but he kind of he kind of just said what we're all feeling a little bit like like it was this craze of everybody and and good on the podcasters And he said i've been there you gotta ask people to come on and you gotta you know um reach for the stars and, and shoot your shot and, and you get some pretty big guests on but you do need to read the room be respectful of, of people's time and and keep it humming i think 30 30 to 45 minutes is the sweet spot for a podcast. I, think, I mean, from a listener, too, that's how long you're engaged in it. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe you said it either. And, uh, um, but we, we, definitely, we definitely feel it because, you know, you book it in advance, you forget it's that night, you've um, got something else planned that you've got to cancel, and uh, it could be kind of funny. But usually all well, the podcasts just, we go on end up being great. F- yeah.
3: Find a better way to say it. Say, I only do one a week, and... I'm booked for the, whatever, man. Or do exactly what you want to do. Because, again, you do you. It just wasn't a good look. And I'll also say this. I built a brand as a sportscaster by going on every, never turning down an interview on sports radio before there even was podcasts. That's why, how they knew who I was all across Canada in these sports cities because I was on the radio. You know what I mean? I yeah. still do that with the podcast now. Kyle Brandt doesn't need to do that. He was on a soap opera. He's on NFL Network. He doesn't need to build anything. So I'm not saying that we're in the same world at all. I'm just saying find a little better way to to say it. Ryan in New York State says, I have personal rules for my podcast. Be respectful of the guest's time. Send them questions in advance and don't demand that they share content. Otherwise, have fun. Uh, Evan in Brandon says, I would shoot for 10 to 15 minutes max for guests, depending on the type of show. I, you know, I just saw he's doing a podcast now covering brand and area sports, and I've seen people in Manitoba say that's a very underserved market. I respect the podcast industry and anybody trying to make a go of it. I really do. I ask the podcasters to pull your head out of your ass, however, on the flip side, and for all these things, be respectful of people's time, you know, that kind of thing. But it's 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 a very, very large part of the sports business nowadays. And it's the largest part of the sports media business right now. So that's why I wanted to spend a minute on that. Glenn's watching at Edmonton. Glenn Baum back. He says, Brian Hall was on Ched. He picks the Elkimos. And so do I. This is breaking news. Brian Hall picks Edmonton to win. Really? <laughs> the Edmonton Elks could be playing the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. And Brian Hall would pick Edmonton to win. Come on. That's the other thing. I'm so happy that at the age of 50, I have just quit caring about what anybody thinks of me because it really used to hurt my feelings when people would call me a homer as the voice of the Rough Riders for 20 years. It bothered me because I was just trying to do a job. And then I look at guys like Bob Irving in Winnipeg and Brian Hall in Edmonton, who permanently wear blue, Knuckles, and Halsey permanently wears Eskimo green. They don't care. Why did I care for so long? I don't care anymore. I think that's obvious. Tough part for you is, Moose, I can tell you still care. So good luck with that. (laughs) Um, I know. Right? Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, uh, writes in. He says, with the Stamps on the bye week, not much going on in the CFL. Well, there must have been something going on uh, for you yesterday because we had Jonathan Moxie on here from the Stampeders, and he gave a very eloquent interview, and you missed it. uh evan and brandon says i'll take all the advice from rod and darren patrolman pete in winnipeg says although i'm sure the brandon sports podcast will be just an hour of thanking god the wheat kings no longer have to contend with the winnipeg ice oh boy they're really gonna have to uh they gotta get over it winnipeg hockey fans gotta get over the fact the ice left They're only there for a couple of years, bro. It's not like it was the Jets. I mean, I get it. But get over it. Uh, What else, Moose? What else you got before we... uh...
4: I know. The the, the floor is yours. uh, No, they do do need to get over it. That is unfortunate. You bring junior hockey at the major junior level into Winnipeg, and um, it only lasts a few seasons, and then they eventually move. Couldn't get the arena working and, and get that. Um, progress uh, moving forward. It's tough, but now Brandon and the junior hockey market, they own the province all of a sudden uh, again. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see a major junior team back in Winnipeg or not. Doesn't seem like it.
3: Ownership blew this one. Don't blame the dub. Uh, quick, one, A couple quick texts from the EMJ Marketing text line. Richard Burnett writes in from California City, California. He says, hello from Cali. I'm a huge Jays fan. Let's go Jays. Sorry about that, bro. (laughs) Uh, And Kirk in Toronto regarding, uh, he watches on Game Plus every day, regarding the, he's always nervous about the, he's nervous the Argos are going to lose Chad Kelly. He's nervous they're going to clinch first and then have nothing to play for. He writes in, he says, sorry, Rob, but I'm just a nervous Nelly when it comes to the Argos. I've seen them blow many games and seasons over the many years that I've watched them. Mike Hogan, by the way, always wears blue. Yeah, that's what homers do. I should have never cared from being called a homer. Moose, I'll see you on hour two, okay?
4: See you then. You bet.
3: Oh, man, I got a million stories. They'll, They'll have to wait till hour two because David William Naylor joins us next. TSN's top football insider. Can't wait. Great guy. He'll be up after this brief pause on Game Plus Television, WQ, EE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube Live. RP Show continues. They tell me that Dave Naylor is set up, but he's not set up. So, do I have time for a sports update, or what are we doing here? Okay, the Saskatoon Blades defeated the Regina Pats 6-2 Wednesday at the Brent Center. WHL preseason play we're following very closely. The Pats and Blades were tied 2-2 midway through the third before Saskatoon erupted for four unanswered goals. God's team, the Regina Pats, will round out the preseason Friday at PA. You're welcome. The NLL's Toronto Rock won't be booted out of their home arena during the upcoming season of, uh, because of Renault's, the NLL team announced Thursday it'll play the entire 2023-24 season in Hamilton's first Ontario Centre because of a shift in renovation timelines. The Rock moved to Hamilton in 2020 with the intention of making it their permanent home after more than 20 years at Toronto Scotiabank Arena. Our sports updates are brought to you by Common Crown Brewing in Calgary. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment, featuring their core five, Good Company Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Coppersmith Brown Ale, four of which sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. As promised, TSN's Football Insider, Dave, Naylor, joins us. And Dave, we're going to jump right into it. Whether it be your expectations or what you're looking forward to the most, the final third of the CFL season kicks off here in Week 15. What are your expectations or what are you looking forward to in this home stretch?
2: I'm really curious to see what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in the second half of the season because this is the first year uh, you know, since 2019 that we haven't hit the midpoint with them having the best record and everybody in the world chasing them. And look, they've had a couple of off games, right? One against BC, uh, you know, one against Sask and the Ottawa one is kind of almost an anomaly because the way it, the way it, it all exploded in the fourth quarter with the pick six and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game on the 29th against Toronto. Because I, I think everybody in Winnipeg's been hearing about the Argos, been hearing about Chad Kelly. And of course, you know, they, they've been just knocking W's out week after week after week after week. So I, I want to see what the Bombers look like in the second half of the season. And uh, like I, I, everybody can see where. It looks like we're headed for a Grey Cup rematch. I'm sure BC wants to have yeah. something to say about that, but right now there's two teams that are way ahead of everybody else, and I can't wait till they meet this season. And again, just curious what the Bombers are gonna look like as they are a little bit, I don't wanna say, you know, they're, they're not off the grid, but its they're not the team that everybody's chasing. And that's, that's what kind of intrigues me.
3: Bombers at Hamilton on Saturday afternoon. How about those Elks, man? I think it's Canada's game of the week, Edmonton at Sask Friday night. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, look, I, the, you know, Edmonton has become an interesting story because they, they're they now competitive, and, and even, even when they haven't won. I mean, last week, I was on the panel for last week. I can tell you there was zero anticipation of a comeback in that game among us sitting there watching that thing. I mean, it was... And also for us, it was the third of a game of a triple header. so We, we, we might have been a little impatient to get that one out of the way, but uh, when you sit there for 10 and a half hours of football, but my, well, the point just is, it was like, okay, this game is a fait complete. And I, I mean, there, look, there's a, there's a PI play there. There's a big busted coverage play there. And that's what opened the doors. But you can't take away the fact that the Edmonton Elks have become competitive. And... This is one of the things, Rod, I'm going to say. I know the CFL salary operations cap gets, you know, hammered by everybody from coaches to fans to media and things. But I'll tell you, without that salary operations cap, I don't think Chris Jones would be coaching right now. And it forces teams to be more patient before they fire coaches. And I think that's for the league. I think generally there's there's too much of a hockey mentality about firing football coaches in the CFL and you know if it buys guys more time to turn things around i mean you know i said this when chris jones got to and nine it's like what's he it's like a golf game you ever you ever go to play golf and you shoot you know 55 on the front nine and you just try and flush it and you're like i'm just going to treat this like all i'm playing is the back nine the front nine didn't even happen that's kind of what chris jones is playing he's playing the back nine and guess what he's doing okay so You know, if he goes, if he has a winning record down the stretch, you know that opens the doors for the Elks to bring him back. Um, And again, there's there's still a lot left on his contract. We believe it's structured in a way that whenever they let him go, if they did, they would only owe him one year. That's the way the 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 terminology termination language is in that contract. A very unique deal. Uh, which is why you can have sort of a four-year deal, but not have the team on the hook for the entirety of it. There's been a lot of debate and conjecture, and uh, you know, sort of speculation about what actually was in his contract. But that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think the Elks are interesting. And and look, Trey Ford is not Nathan Rourke because he hasn't played near as much football as Nathan Rourke did. Right? Nathan Rourke played. Three years as a starter at a Division I school, went to three consecutive bowl games, played double-digit games at the Division I level for three years in a row. Trey Ford played seven college football games his last two seasons at U-Sport. And he started now, what, a half dozen games in the CFL? So he's not Nathan Rourke. But the intriguing thing about the lack of football he's played is that we can see his development happening before our eyes. And it's going to continue. And because he's played so little football over that time, It's quite possible he may have quite a high side by the time we get a couple of years into his career. Well, I'll tell you what, Jones not being
3: fired and Craig Dickinson, uh, that's a byproduct, a benefit of a byproduct of that cap, which was put in, which I don't like. If they'd put a cap on TSN talent, and let's be honest, you would be the (laughs) Joe Burrow of that. I don't think you'd like it very much.
2: No, I look I I I recognize and there are people that point out that say that you know the coaches really didn't have a voice in this you know it, it kind of came from the league and, but I also understand that we have a league that is economically vulnerable and and what the the reason they did it was and i and i've had people say this to me that for all the things the coaches cap doesn't do it does do the one thing it was designed to do and that that is keep teams from overspending on coaches whether that's the salaries or the numbers of coaches those kinds of things uh and and ultimately it was a it was a category that was growing expense-wise, outpacing other expenses and outpacing revenues. That's why they wanted to put a lid on it. But I, I know why the coaches hate it. I'm just pointing out that for coaches, there is one sort of silver lining in this thing is it probably postpones the, the, the date at which a, a team decides it's going to fire a coach. It makes them be more patient. Gotcha. Hey, you mentioned Nathan Work. I saw his little
3: little big brother here Saturday night at FAU. He's a stud. Mm.
2: Your thoughts? He is a stud. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I when I have been out to see him twice at Ohio. The first time was last October, and when I when I went out to see him, he walked out, and I said to him, I said, "How tall are you?" He said, "I'm six okay. I said, "When did uh, I said when did that happen?" He said, "I had a two two a two inch growth spurt after I got to college." I was like, "Well, isn't that nice?" And of course, it's the same coaches that coach Nathan. That coach uh, that are coaching Curtis, so they they know the comparables. They know, and they say Curtis Rourke is a better passer at this stage of his, as his college career than Nathan Rourke was. Nathan Rourke was a better runner and guy who could like throw on the run and make plays happen. He's he became less of that guy in the CFL in the pros. Nathan Rourke left a lot of his game behind in college because he had to evolve, and that's part of what he did. But Curtis Rourke, because of his size because of his throwing ability he's more on the nfl's radar i believe than nathan was just because of the style of game and having sort of the nfl prototype body so uh it was i was kind of gutted when i saw him get hurt in that first game against san diego state i'd just been with him about 10 days earlier uh down in ohio you know having a we did a session on him for a segment of tsn and uh, great to see him back playing i got I, you know just as likable a kid as his brother is and uh, it's look, it's very, very exciting. I mean, I'm trying to think if, if Curtis Rourke makes it to the National Football League, I, I'm pretty certain, well I can I can say with, with almost no doubt, that's the first guy who played high school at the Canadian level, didn't play another form of high, of football to make it to the NFL. Now, Jesse Palmer is a bit of an asterisk because Jesse Palmer played high school football in Canada, didn't play high school football in the U.S., but he was primarily a community club football player. He played with a team in Ottawa called Myers Riders, which was a very competitive team. Uh, he didn't need high school football because he was so invested in a very strong community program. But uh, I guess, you know, looking at guys who would play quarterback as canadians in the nfl without going to a u.s high school it'd be jesse palmer and curtis Rourke who went right from oakville uh to to ohio and is in some ways exceeded in some categories exceeded what his brother did yeah well i, I don't
3: know nathan Rourke at all um and just watching curtis work the thing for me dave is the demeanor ice water in his veins. Mm -hmm. His team was down, and they let him on a a comeback. There was no panic, and that's a good, supposedly good FAU team under Tom Herman that they beat in their house on a comeback. Uh, It was fun to watch. Dave, thank you so much, man. Keep up the great work. We're watching all the games. Thanks for the time today.
2: Hey, thanks so much, Rod. Good to catch up with you.
3: TSN's Dave Naylor. We have audience takeover coming up after this timeout little story time, too, because some things have popped into my mind. And Jesse Pierce from the Minnesota Wild coverage of NHL.com and the Bar Down Beauties podcast in hour two. We'll be back in a moment on Game Plus Television, WQ, EE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube. everybody rounding out hour one with full-on audience takeover as i said and maybe a little bit of story time too i do want to welcome all the new viewers as we're in two million new homes across western canada all the way from about the ontario manitoba border to the pacific ocean been blowing up my phone thank you give us a follow and all our staff producer clark which is what is, Insta- or is uh, twitter handle is i'm at rod peterson rod peterson show um when i say audience takeover we talked earlier about kyle brant of the nfl network in my opinion just crapping all over podcasters saying he's not going on them anymore because they're too big of a pain in his butt you kind of got to go look at the clip to see it and that's the way he feels it's fine um but Evan Charbonneau, watching from Brandon, I talked about his new podcast, Wheat City Sports Network. He's just written in on Twitter. He says, thank you, Rod, and the RP Show for mentioning me and the new Wheat City Sports Network coming soon. Brandon in the Westman area is a great sports area. Always love your show. So he was watching, and he's a podcaster. Like, does it, it's not that hard to make somebody feel good about themselves. And trust me, I've learned. From stepping in it, so I don't do that anymore. That's all that I'm saying. Make somebody feel good about themselves. Is it that hard? Now, to the Westman area, it hasn't always been that kind to me. Fifteen seasons is the radio voice of the Regina Pats Hockey Club. Five more seasons is the TV voice of them. And two seasons with the PA Raiders. And we hated Brandon. I don't hate the city. But anyways, my radio booth, as the visitors' radio play-by-play booth, was just down from the general manager and owner of the Wheat King's suite. His name's Kelly McCrimmon. And uh, one time he'd had a gut full of me. After sitting there for years listening to me just down the thing, (laughs) he comes, bum, 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 stomping his way down into my box, flings open the door rudely, didn't knock, and goes, what freaking game are you watching? I might have been selling things a little bit. And I turned to him and I said, I don't see your names on my check. Which I don't. Turn the mic off to yell that at Kelly. You're not paying me. You don't tell me what to say. Part of a very long and acrimonious relationship between me and Kelly McCrimmon, let's put it that way. And then when I went from PA to Regina... Week Kings fans, don't let me down on this. They serenaded me in the playoffs. Jeered. Roddy. Roddy. And I sat there in the booth like a conductor and went like this. How about that? Darcy's watching in Grand Prairie, Alberta, writes in and says, uh, what's wrong with Vladdy? I assume that is a rhetorical question because... Not only do I not know, if the Toronto Blue Jays knew, they'd have it figured out. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with Alec Manoa and still haven't. Blue Jays completely falling apart at the worst time. How about that? So next hour, get those comments coming in, everybody. 902-518-3033. EMJ Marketing text line, uh, the streams, Twitter, whatever it is. Audience takeover right after this with the Moose rejoining and Jesse Pierce for the Minnesota Wild NHL.com coverage right after this break.